Hey, this is the Brains Podcast. I'm Julian Shapiro. And I'm your co-host, Cortland Allen. And today we're here with Alexandra Botez and Sean Purry. Alex is one of the most popular chess streamers in the world. She's approaching a million subscribers on Twitch and YouTube, and she's got one of the most engaged accounts on all of Twitter with over 300,000 followers. If you ask anybody who's seen one of Alex's videos, they will not be surprised by these numbers. She's charismatic, she's fun and authentic, and in my opinion, she's really set a new bar for making great videos online. Meanwhile, Sean is building an enormous audience of his own. He's the host of My First Million, one of the biggest podcasts in the world, and the owner of a huge audience across both Twitter and his newsletter. Sean has an army of diehard fans, which includes celebrities and billionaires who message him every week trying to find ways to work together. Both Alex and Sean have experienced what it's like to go from zero to 60 with their online fame, so we invited them on to learn how to build a huge audience, to learn the steps they took to hone their charisma, and to ask them what it's really like to be internet famous. So this is going to sound very tinfoil hat. <laughs> the reason this podcast isn't video, and the reason why just in general I've tried not to be on video mm-hmm. online in the last few years, is because I'm trying to constrain the possibility that in a few years from now, when deep faking is like perfect, uh, that there isn't like hours and hours of Julian footage out there for people to recreate me like imperceptibly. And I was telling this to Cortland, yeah. and he's like, Dude, that is such a stupid concern. It's, it's, it's been a problem forever. I mean, we, but, since we've had writing, you've been able to like fake people, right? Like, oh, how do you how do you know this written letter is from the right person, right? And it's like, well, what address did it come from? And you got <laughs> yeah. like, you know, okay, how do I know this is an email from Julian? It comes from your email address, or it's a tweet that comes from your Twitter. And if I see, uh, I don't know, like some sort of Julian tweet or some sort of video from some other person, and it's you doing something you've never done before that's really weird, like I'm not going to trust it. It's going to seem fake. And you also have another huge flaw, I think, in your your. Uh, deep fake avoidance problem, which is that I have hours of video of you and I'm going to deep fake the shit out of you, <laughs> even if nobody else does. And the other thing that will change is when we get to a point where deep fakes are so good, you can do that with any kind of public figure. So then everyone will have this kind of security blanket on them because mm. the new way you consume information on the internet will be to double check the content if it's just so common and so well done. That's right. It's going to create a reflex where you're like, okay, well, where is this person's verified badge? Otherwise, mm-hmm. I don't believe this shit. <laughs> now, the downside of not doing videos, you lose out on this extra layer of better connecting with people. Ju- Julian, you, you said this before too, right? Which is like layers. So like for every layer of fidelity you get, so like text, pretty low fidelity, pictures, higher fidelity, uh, video, uh, you know, voice, and then video, which is like pictures Best. plus audio. And, you know, like the higher fidelity you get, you know, uh, maybe people don't have the time to, to watch it, but, the, you know, to consume it. But those who do, they like bond to you, you know, like and, and they, they stick because they feel like they get to know you. That was your thing, right, Julian? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so Alex actually has a structural advantage over us. So she's doing video, we're doing podcasting and writing. And with Alex, it's like a friend in your living room, like while you're working all day, she's in the background on video and it's much higher empathy building. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a really good segue to what makes Alex so charismatic. So my assessment, Alex, you can tell me if I'm right, is that you're shamelessly authentic. (laughs) It's like the person you are at home with your friends is the same person you are when you're streaming, which is super rare. And then the X factor on top of that is that you're very cool. Like you're, you're fun, you're witty, you're positive energy. You're just somebody we want to be around. I don't think my ego can handle much more of this. You're going <laughs> to yeah. have to slow down a little yeah. bit. I'm not used to this. Let, let me say this. So I didn't, I didn't know who the heck you were before this. Not to butter you up more, but 
within the first five minutes, I was like, oh, this person's kind of like in the top 1% of like, I don't know, likability. Um, and I, I, I started playing on my phone, not because I was bored, because I was like, who is this person? I, I got doing feel- the same thing with my tabs. I wasn't ignoring <laughs> yeah. you guys. I was just looking up everything. Yeah, I was like, I need to look up this person and figure out like who the heck this really likable person is. And part of that is like, if you go and watch 30 seconds of one of Alex's videos or 30 seconds of, of part of Sean's podcast, it's immediately evident that you guys are not strongly projecting personas. Mm-hmm. Like, like when you're sitting down and watching a YouTube show, your brain immediately identifies, is this an act? Is this a TV announcer host? Mm-hmm. Or is this a real person being a real person? And they don't even realize the camera's there. And if your brain can attach onto the latter, you believe them more, you have more affinity for them. Everything's more more real and authentic. I, I think the authenticity is very true, Julian, because that is something very unique to Twitch. It's the hardest content platform to fake because you're not doing a pre-recorded thing. You're just live for hours. So, and you're live for hours every single day. If you're gonna put on a persona, you're gonna be exhausted. Um, So I I think that is something very unique to Twitch. And then when you start exporting that content to other platforms, you're just trying to get the best moments of when you were live. And if you were to record someone 24 hours a day, there's a lot of things that are really interesting and also authentic, which I think that intersection of things do well on the internet. Because sometimes you'll see a vlog and you'll be like, oh, I don't believe it. But when you know it's also true and real, those are the ones that do extremely well. That's why like... um a lot of people don't connect with Twitch because when you go to Twitch, you actually don't really go for entertainment truly. Yep. Uh, you go for connection. Um, and so it's kind of like a misnomer. People don't really fully understand that. But the, that's the actually a who, great point. Yeah. The people who use it all the time, they use it like, you know, 20 hours a week. Um, it's not because it's Netflix. Um, it's not because it's super entertaining because it's not, right? You go in, there's long lulls and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, but they connect with the other people in the community or the streamer themselves. And so the other thing about uh, Twitch was not just this live and unedited, but it's pretty raw. Like you're in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not like on a set. You're not, you know, in a cool place taking Instagram photos. You're like in your bedroom, in your chair, in your pajamas, like playing video games. And yeah. um, so that's like a very different environment. I think they call it parasocial relationships, which basically mm-hmm. means the people watching you feel like they know every part of you and they actually kind of do. Yep. Um, and you know nothing about them. So when you see them in person, they're like, oh my God. And you're like, oh, dude, you're a stranger to me at the moment. Like, <laughs> let's slow down that little, like, you know, let's not kiss right now because we're not there. But uh, but I understand why you might think that because you've spent hours with me and you've seen me and all these things. And to me, you're a username that I don't know as well. Yeah. And you kind of have to draw a line in the sand for yourself at some point. You know, if you're getting so famous that it's actually making your life worse, like where is that line? Uh, for me with indie hackers, you know, I really just, I'm not that famous. Like people don't recognize me on the street. Maybe a couple times a month, I would get a nice email from somebody who said like, hey, I'm going to be in SF next Wednesday. I would love to grab coffee and like, you know, shoot the shit on startup ideas. And I would always just say yes to that because I thought it was super flattering. Whereas if you're Jeff Bezos, like you're definitely not saying yes to this kind of stuff. That guy can't leave his house without bodyguards. Or if you're Alex and you're pushing a million subscribers on Twitch, like, you're probably thinking completely differently. You know, you might be asking yourself, how many stalkers a year is too many stalkers? You know, I had one last year and that was manageable, but like this year I've got three and let's cross on a line. Probably one stalker is too much if I'm being honest. <laughs> Luckily, I, I haven't had that happen. I have had, you know, some very intense messages with people convinced that they know me better than I know myself. Um, those were kind of weird, but 
I, I that's that's a good question. How do you know that you you've become too famous? And I I don't know how I would answer that. I think it would be when it starts to really impede your general day to day life, and you feel like you can't do normal things, which it hasn't for me. I mean, I do get recognized, but people are usually pretty chill. Like I'll be checking something out with a mask, and they'll be like, "You're really good at chess." And I was like, "Wow, okay, this is just <laughs> very nice. Thank you so much." It, it it has been okay so far, but I don't know what would happen for people who are much bigger. And I think as you start building a following online, you start to think about it. So I actually think that the the future Brad Pitts are mostly going to come out of content creation. So like YouTube and Twitch and Twitter and whatever and book writing. Because if you actually look at how much people care about a celebrity, it's not that much mm. unless you're like a, a young super fan, like a preteen super fan of BTS or something. But if you think about how much do people like Brad Pitt, it's not that much. They might be attracted to him. They like his movies. But if you compare Brad Pitt to Tim Ferriss, it's a completely different level. Like with Tim, he has both volume and that high affinity we were talking about. And that's a much deeper connection. And I'm not even sure people realize just how huge Tim Ferriss is relative to Brad Pitt. The implication of all this is basically, if we just keep doing what we're doing- Are we all gonna have stalkers? Is Sean gonna get kidnapped? <laughs> I feel like Sean could beat up his kidnapper. <laughs> yeah, I, I look, I'm trying to look like a pretty mean looking dude so that yeah. you know, people don't Sean's fuck gonna me. kidnap his fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tim Ferriss actually has a blog post on something pretty close to this. So in it, he's talking about how he once arrived in a foreign country. Mm -hmm. You know, he lands in the airport and he sees the, the, the driver holding up a sign with his name on it. And he gets in the car with the driver. And the driver says, you know, good morning, Mr. Ferris. And Tim freaks out because the name on the sign was a pseudonym Tim was using. And so somehow the driver knows the real name behind the pseudonym. And this is a country where like no, one's, no one knows who Tim Ferris is. This is like years ago. And so Tim's like, uh, I left my bag in the airport. And he darts out, goes back to the luggage area, waits a little bit, and someone else comes holding up a sign with the pseudonym again. And Tim's like, holy fuck, I just, I just dodged getting kidnapped. And apparently this is the thing that actually happens sometimes, and his blog post goes into detail. Wow, that's crazy. I feel like, Alex, you have like the probably the riskiest fans. Like If I think about like my relationship with my fans, like I had a guy on my podcast actually last week who has his own show. He's got a lot of fans. And at the top of his blog, he has this message. It's like, hey, know anyone who's like smart, funny, accomplished ladies out there? Are you one yourself? Like email me like I'm looking for a partner. Mm -hmm. And he's describing himself. He's like, yeah, my life is a 10 out of 10 in business. My company's making millions of dollars, but I'm like a one out of 10 in my dating life. And I started thinking like, oh, maybe I should be doing this with my audience. Like I've never really thought about like using my audience for anything like that. But my concern is mostly about like getting me to like there are all these creepy Silicon Valley dudes, like these investors who like mm -hmm. can't keep their, like, they can't refrain from hitting on like every girl who like wants to like raise money from them. And like, that's not me. Like, I don't want my face plastered on that wall. But for you, Alex, it's like a totally different situation. You know, like I'm worried about getting me too. Like <laughs> I'm worried about getting kidnapped or killed. <laughs> exactly. Like you don't want to end up like in a box somewhere. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the thing about it for me is, I mean, I did, I, when you, I don't even know how many people know of us or things like that. I know we get recognized sometimes in Austin and, and that's cool. And I, I don't mind that at all. The thing that concerns me is it only takes one crazy person to ruin everything. And I remember even when I started streaming, somebody got banned from my chat and I got messages for a month of like, I saw you going to the gym. I know where you live. You better be careful. Jesus. And, 
And I and, and I talked to my friend who would say things like, yeah, people are much braver online than in real life. And I understand that, but once you but when you get the the when it's a fear that even there's a very low percent chance it'll happen, but if it happens, I'm dead, dead or kidnapped. It kind of scares me a lot. And we, we've taken a lot of precautions, like with P.O. Box and people not knowing where we live. Our team had to take down videos they did of our apartment tour because I started getting messages about people who saw one little thing in the back of it and figured out where we live. And now I was freaking out about that. Or people, when they get upset, they'll be like, oh, I found your parents' address. And they start spamming it in our chat. So for me, that is very scary. And again, it would only take one person to act on this to change my life in a very negative way. And that's a very scary thing that I think about a lot and I'm always trying trying to take precautions. And it's not like unrealistic. Like if you've got, I think you've got like 700,000 followers all, on All Twitch. of my friends have had something like this. We've had- It's probable, right? It's it, actually that's probable. A, that's the thing. Yeah, one in a million. If you have a million followers, one of those people is probably a crazy serial killer yep. and that's it. Yep, for example, uh, one of my friends, she has a P.O. box, somebody, and she would get things from fans. Somebody put a tracker in the teddy bear, followed their home. Another streamer had somebody camp out by their P.O. box for two weeks. Things like this happen all the time. Um, another thing that happens often is streamers are getting swatted where like 12 year old kids will just keep calling saying they have a bomb and there's nothing you can do. And then the, the, the SWAT team shows up at their house and it, you can, you know, it can happen multiple times or things like that. So it's going to happen at some point and all I can try to do is, is prepare. It's tough. It's, the first thing, the first place my brain goes to is like more, more positive thoughts. Yeah. yeah more positive <laughs> thoughts. Now That's I'm right. just imagining all the ways I'm going to get murdered in the future. No. Jeez. <laughs> I think Sean should be Alex's bodyguard. She's going to quit. She's going to quit streaming after this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know actually. This is too risky. Create, I create a pseudo account instead. I'm going to go back to chess. That was easier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could beat all them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're trying to like, I think for our show, we're trying to, uh, we're trying to get like bigger and bigger guests. And like you two are like, you two are great, you're great people. But... We're the stepping stones. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could we could totally do stepping stone episodes. Like what's the unbroken chain of guests from Alexandra Botez to Oprah? Mm-hmm. Like after this, we go to Mr. Beast and we're like, hey, Mr. Beast, we had Alex on the show. Like You should join us. Mm-hmm. And then he comes on and then we go to the CEO of Google and we're like, hey, we had your biggest yeah. streamer on the show. Like It reminds me of trading then, the paperclip for the house. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like this yeah. time next year, we got like Vladimir Putin in a room talking to Jerry Seinfeld. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'll, I'll tell you, you know, there's a meeting I saw on the calendar for, for the, the real execs at Twitch. I'm not really on the... There's like there's the exec team, then there's what I call the extended exec team. That's where I was, uh-huh. and then I asked for a demotion, and so now I'm not on that either. But th- but I saw a meeting on the calendar because he's you know he's my manager, and um, it was like you know security briefing, and uh, it's basically like hey if you're like X level at Amazon, there's like a security detail that like will walk you through the best practices of how you need to be protecting yourself, like. All three of you guys should not be on the same flight at the same time. You know, uh, there's all these like different precautions you take as the enterprise gets more valuable, as we get more valuable. And you know, there was like a threat I remember on the office once. Uh, this was after some the, the shooter went into YouTube's office. Um, you know, there was a threat on the Twitch office. People were really concerned. And then you know, Emmett, who's the CEO, was like, "Yeah, like." Every year, every year since we've existed, this has happened. Uh, like, you know, some random person will say some random thing online and like, you hope it's not real. You hope it's not serious. But like, 
you know, there's all kinds of people who feel all kinds of ways about their account getting banned and then this yeah. and then that, you know, like there's all kinds of things. And it's like, damn, internet scale is just too crazy. Like the only yeah. abs- uh, the only answer is to like withdraw from the internet, um, you know, or go like, you know, go dark. At, at internet scale, like one of the things that I have trouble with is like, no one's really thinking about the fact that you're getting like a ridiculous number of messages. They're just like, hey, here's my life story. Here's like eight paragraphs. Like, give me some advice, you know? And then you kind of feel like an asshole if you're not responding to it. From my point of view with the with the DMs, you know, people want different things from me. They want investment. They want advice. Right. They want those sort of things. Same. And so I basically brought on a, a, a partner who's kind of like my right-hand man. He helps me with anything I do. It's just like sort of like a... Um, you know, like he's like the wolf in Pulp Fiction. It's like, you know, when something needs done, you just call him the wolf and he fixes it. He's a fixer. And so he, he's just like my guy for all, all my projects. And so I gave him access to my Twitter and I was like, Hey, uh, like, dude, I just got a bunch of DMS here that I don't go. I just, I, I declared bankruptcy. I don't even look at them, but like, I'm sure there's some good stuff in there. And so he mines my inbox and he basically sets up meetings. I have this one block of time. It's called the random time. Mm-hmm. It's basically for interesting people who have come into our orbit that like, you know, he knows I would want to meet with. And he just goes through the DMs. He filters out the good people. He sends me a list that says, you want to respond to these seven people um, because they're like, great. Every week he sends me that list. And then also he says, um, I set up meetings with these five people. This guy's the founder of this. This person's invented this, whatever. And I'm like, oh, great. This is amazing. So it was like turned from like a liability or something. this kind of a headache to mm-hmm. now like kind of an asset that I'm like, wow, this is adding so much value every week. Mm-hmm. And all I needed to do was just have somebody go through it. You know, people like somebody who I love his content and I've been listening to him for like a decade. And, and what so he that, that reach out? Uh, that was the clubhouse one. Uh, okay. so he, he DM'd and he was like, hey, this is like fucking awesome and on yeah. point. Um, <laughs> actually, he said something, you could bleep this out, but I'll, I'll tell you guys. He basically was <laughs> like, he's like, um, He's like, this is so, uh, this is so on point. Anybody who thinks this is a billion dollar company is smoking crack. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he he said that. So there's been money, there's been investments, there's been like kind of just like cool celebrity sighting moments of like people I didn't realize were in the DMs because it just gets buried. And there's a guy, Brad Fell, he's a big investor kind of in Boulder. And uh, I met him because he used to do a thing where every Friday, once a month, he would go sit at a coffee shop and anybody for any reason, you didn't have to have any agenda. Anybody could book a 20 minute spot with him and he'd just sit there and all day and just 20 minutes with different people. And I asked him in, I took one of the 20 minute slots at the time and I was, you know, 21 years old. And I said, why do you do this? This is like, you know, you're a pretty important guy. Like, does this like help you? And he's like, um, the bit, the more, the more successful you get, it's easy to get calendar gridlock where you just schedule everything. And when everything is scheduled, you lose serendipity. And he's like, some of the best things in life come from serendipity. And so that always stuck with me. And I thought, okay, how will I open myself up to, uh, to serendipity? Sean, you're going in like almost the opposite direction. You're like, you started off with like the company side of things, you know, like you've made your fortune, so to speak. And now you're doing the content thing. You're pumping out a ton of content. You're putting out, I think you're putting out videos now. Mm -hmm. You're like building up your YouTube empire. How does it compare? Like as someone who's already like basically had the financial success, how does it feel to be getting kind of more of the fame side of things? I felt kind of embarrassed at first because I was like, wait, am I going backwards? Like, um, (laughs) you know, because, you know, my my friend group, right? When you, whatever you do, your peer group becomes a bunch of other people who do that thing. So when I was a founder, my friends were all other founders. And so mm-hmm. uh, to be like, hey, guys, I'm going to like step out of the founder bucket for a bit and I'm going to go, you know, write a newsletter or I'm going to go create a yeah. podcast. I'm a podcaster now. Status wise, it was like this, like, wait, but that's like kind of like, wait, you're just going to like go 
what? <laughs> That's what I felt like also when our company failed and our investors were like, what are you doing going to Twitch? Just go work at a company in a space that you want to start one in the future. Like, really? Right. Are you trying to be a Twitch streamer? And I was so embarrassed. I moved from Silicon Valley to the other side of the <laughs> USA to New York because I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear that. I was so ashamed. Oh yeah, man. So, so same. I felt like a little bit silly, but like, you know, that's nothing. There's no reason not to do it. I just did it anyways. Sean, you're like, like you're one of the only people I know who can be complaining about something, and you sound happy about it, which is super cool. Like, no one <laughs> while, while he talks, when he doesn't talk, he seems a bit intimidated. <laughs> yeah, very focused in that my yeah, my yeah. resting intimidation face. Exactly. I went to this Tony Robbins event once, and um, Tony Robbins. If, have, you, have any of you guys ever been to a Tony Robbins no, event? No, never been. No, but I actually want to go to one, and I used to be embarrassed to admit that because people are like, "Oh, it's just mumbo jumbo." But he's right. so freaking charismatic, and he has made a career out of his charisma. I want to see what that's like in person. And I want to see the people who are in, I want to see his audience in person. That's what yeah. I want to see. Me too. So, okay, so I was, in the exact, I was in the exact same boat as you. Um, watched a few YouTube videos. I was like, okay, this like, it makes sense. I like it. It's good, you know, it's good information. You can't really argue against any of this. It's mm -hmm. kind of just truisms. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he's popular and I kind of was curious in the same way. Like, I'd love to see this guy like in person. I've heard these events are crazy and like, People say it's kind of like a cult thing, mm -hmm. but like that doesn't turn me away. Actually, I want to see what that's like. Mm -hmm. I want to see the audience and like who are these people. So I went, and um, and two things happened. First is uh, I was amazed. I didn't really do any research going in, so I didn't understand the like uh, the format of this fucking thing. So basically, he starts at eight in the morning, and he stops at like midnight the first night. And there's Whoa. no there's no like oh let's all like stop and go get dinner or like whatever. And he says it in the first thing. He's like, look. Go do what you got to do. You got to go to the bathroom, go get food, do whatever you got to do. But like, we're rocking and rolling here. And he's like, you'll be amazed. You know, most people can't sit through a two hour movie, but this is going to be 15 hours of like um, self-development, which is like, you know, you would think that's impossible, but watch what happens. And I just saw this guy, my, uh, the auditorium was like 5,000 people the first time I went with a separate auditorium of 2,000 people who couldn't make it into the main one. So they bought this side uh, like ex hall where you could go to and watch him on video wow. and just participate while he's in the other room. And so I was like, this guy had a crowd of 5,000 people in the palm of his hand for like 15 hours straight. And I was amazed. And I, w I was talking to this guy. This guy's looking at me and he saw me have this like dumb smile on my face. I was like, just loving it. <laughs> And he's like, first time? And I was like, yeah, like, your first time? I've, well, you come here often? And he's like, yeah, I've actually been to five of his events. And in my head, I was like, oh, this was like one of those things where you get like addicted to the medicine <laughs> instead of the medicine solving, you know, you're just drinking Robitussin every day type of thing. So I was like, why would you go to five of these? And he's like, oh, you know, like, uh, he's like, you like sports? I was like, yeah. He's like, um, you know, Michael Jordan's retired now. And he's like, but when Michael Jordan came to town, it was always worth the price of admission. And he goes, this guy right here is the Michael Jordan of public speaking. Mm. And I just want to see him before he retires. Right. And uh, I take every opportunity I can. I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of you amazing. You just sold me on booking it. the next time he has a conference, by the way. Yeah. I wanted nothing to do with Tony Robbins until I heard the story. Dude, I turned into one of his cult members. I The next year, I was like, I was telling my friends, I was like, hey guys, this is kind of a transformative experience. And when I came back, they were like, dude, you you <laughs> act like you have electricity running through your body. Like, why are you so high energy right now? Right. And I was like, dude, it's so simple. I went to this event. My life changed. I'm better now. What made I'm him so a better good? person. Like, what was the thing that like... Okay, so what makes him so good? So first, the guy's a fucking giant. And so like, there's literally like a, a, a body, you know, like, oh, whatever, 97% mm -hmm. of communication is like body language. 
Uh, the guy looks like Zeus. Uh, he literally had like a pituitary gland problem he's that caused him to seven. grow six like to like six seven or something like that. And he's got like humongous hands. He's just like overgrown basically. And so and so he comes out and he's got a personal DJ, which is like the best part of the whole thing is he's perfectly synchronized with this DJ. So when he uh, he comes out, it's like his music's on. It cuts like after fifteen seconds of getting you energized. He um, so he comes out and it's like. He's clearly the star of the show. They like warm up the crowd and then finally he comes out. So already you're like, psychologically, you're like, this is the, the lead, this is the strong man leader we're here to follow. And like, I looked at my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, and she was like, like clearly was like <laughs> attracted to this guy because he was so manly. He was so authoritative. It was insane. So that was just the first thing, just body language wise. Second thing is he um, is so confident in his ability to lead. Like most people when they're on stage, there, it's basically like one verse 5,000. They're like, oh, I really want these 5,000 people to like me. Not like, I don't want them to lose interest. I don't want them to think I'm stupid. I don't want to say the wrong thing. He clearly, because he's been doing this literally since he was 18 years old, and he's now like whatever, 50 something. So, you know, like he's been doing this for 40 years pretty much. That's all gone. And instead he's like, look, uh, you came here, right? Like you came here because you want a better life, right? You want more, you want more of the good life. You want more money. You want more, you want more relationships. You want more uh, fun. You want more happiness. You want more, less pain. You want, you want all these things, right? Like we all agree. That's what everybody wants. And like, um, you know, here's the deal. You bought your ticket, you're sitting in the chair. And now there's like two ways we can go about this. You know, path one, you sit there, you listen, like this is class and you sit with your, your workbook and you write down your notes and you passively do this. And the studies will show that you're going to retain like whatever. He throws out a bunch of bro science. He's like, <laughs> studies will show you'll retain 7% of these words three weeks later. And by 90 days, you'll have forgotten the whole thing. And so you flushed it all down the drain. He's like, but like, you know, uh, that's just sitting there and listening. Writing is a little bit better. But if you actually participate, if you're willing for one weekend to look a little silly, to like, if I ask you a question to just respond, if, you know, if we, if we say, let's like be like, let's be high energy, let's yeah. sit up straight, let's sit up straight then. Right. Like he basically gets you into a state, which is basically a high energy state. And, um, which is where you're going to be participating. You're going to be like, uh, not just like sinking into your chair, shoulders hunched over. And he calls it out. He's like, look, if you want to, if, if somebody's bored, how do they look? They look like this, right? Like, you know that because you've practiced it. You've done it before. Um, when somebody's interested and somebody's like engaged, what do they look like? Cool. So we're going to be that. Mm -hmm. So he, tr the whole first day, he's just training your state almost like a hypnotist where basically every, I don't know, seven minutes, right. the music kicks, you know, some fucking, um, what's that guy's name? But like DJ <laughs> Calvin Harris song will kick. And yeah. it's like already at the beat drop part. It's not even the intro. It's like just that part. And he's like, all right, get up. The lights change. It goes dark. And you just get up and you shake your body loose. You dance, you do whatever. And at the time going in, I was like, all right, I'll go. I'm here for the information. I'm not doing any of the dancing shit. Like I, you couldn't like at my own wedding, I didn't dance. So like, oh, what are no. the odds I'm going to go dance at this conference? Right? Like, so I was like, no, 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 this is not going to happen. And sure enough, like an hour in, I'm fucking dancing on my chair because I'm like, look, it's more fun if I do it this way. I don't know any of these people anyways. He kind of sets the environment up where he's like, you're sort of the lame duck if you don't do it versus if you do. And so you're like, all right, whatever, fuck it, I'll give in to the process. And then when you do it, like, turns out, like, actually, music's kind of fun, dancing's kind of fun, moving your body, you actually feel better after exercise, like, mm -hmm. you just feel better. And so then he trains you that first day where, like, you know, when I say jump, you say how high, like, when, when this kicks, right. you wake the fuck up and you become the best version of yourself, the version of yourself that is interesting and interested and is, like, awake and alert and, like, thinking about how to better themselves and not that other guy. There's a lot of like 
there's a lot of research on like this uh when you get a large crowd of people together and you get them to like move like move rhythmically together it bonds everyone together and it's like this kind of it's like why all militaries do these drills uh, I grew up very religious. Like every church has people like sing and dance together. It like, just does something that transforms you. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, Julian made this point earlier about how, okay, like, you know, you have a certain level of affinity via text and then like a little bit more with audio and a little bit more with video. But then like the highest level is like in person, people see you. And it's just something about like being there in person where you can captivate right. people on like a whole new level. And I've had a lot of experience with this where, uh, like for example, my ex-girlfriend grew up in a cult in like the middle of San Francisco, like both of her parents were mega hippies and like they just were part of a cult and everybody in this cult thought they were going to live forever, you know, and their like leader was this guy from India who was like super chilled out and there are all these cool videos of them in the seventies, just like smoking weed in Golden Gate Park. And this guy had everybody in the palm of his hand, just telling them stories about how they're going to live together forever and all the things that he had seen. And like you could see in their eyes, like there's, they've never been transfixed by anyone as much as they have by this guy. It's like there's like nothing he can say that's ever wrong, and I think if you get into that state, like, it's hard not to. It's hard to not abuse it. The interesting thing about this for me, and I think what we were initially talking about on the podcast is people who are so charismatic. How much of it was trainable mm -hmm. versus things that they were, you know, naturally good at? For example, you mentioned how Tony Robbins is six foot seven. How much of it can be learned and actually applied to people who are trying to get better at content? Right. Have you done any sort of reverse engineering, Alex? Have you like studied others who were very entertaining? I started doing that recently where now I'm starting to consume the best YouTubers to see what they do well. Um, so I'll go through consuming like Mr. Beast video. What did he do? David Dobrik. What did he do? Casey Neistat. What did he do? And then listening to a lot of other people who also do podcasts. Naval, why is he so charismatic? I listened to a lot of Tony Robbins before or Gary Vaynerchuk, people who have this. And the weird thing is it feels so unique to each individual mm. that it's really hard um, to apply it to yourselves because you have to, you basically have to amplify whatever you're good at and go really deep on that. Yeah. So, so part of it is looking at people who are charismatic in similar ways that you are charismatic and then right. trying to go deeper. One of the things that I found uh, helpful is to talk to your audience about what they like about you. And mm -hmm. there'll be certain words that come up like all the time. Like I get optimistic and positive a lot. And like, I consider myself kind of a pessimist some of the time. So I'm like, oh, like people think I'm optimistic because I'm always telling them they can do it. They can start a company, et cetera. And so like, if it's hard for you, if you're kind of like a perfectionist, like I am, where it's really easy for you to spot the flaws and you're always like, how do I remove the flaws? How do I get worse mm -hmm. or how to get better? Uh, your fans are probably the opposite. They probably see what's good in you and they can just tell you exactly what you should lean into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you can practice your way into like the top 10%. Maybe not the top 0.1%, right? Like that might right. be where you, it's like the NBA. It's like, no, you needed natural athleticism on top of the yep. skill in order to get to the top 0.1%. But um, but for most people, getting into the top 10% would be like a life change, yeah. uh, you know? And so that's why like I recommend a bunch of like tools and tactics. If you break down charisma into a bunch of things, there's a combination of, you know, your look and your body language. Mm -hmm. Then there's uh, your ability to tell stories. And so like, I, I always recommend this book, Storyworthy. I think it's a great book uh, around telling stories. And you start to understand that what is a story? A story is, you know, just uh, a five second moment of change in a person. And it's, it's all the, the ex all the explanations are just about this five second moment of change they're trying to get you to where like the hero, you know, changes in some way for better or for worse, doesn't matter. Hero becomes a villain, hero falls in love, hero mm -hmm. breaks his heart, whatever. It's just that five second moment. 
And like, in order to make the story interesting, you need stakes. So mm-hmm. the hero has to have something on the line and you need an obstacle and you need, mm-hmm. so there's these elements and you get good at like architecting stories. Same thing goes for like tone of voice. I think tone of voice is one of the most critically underrated uh, factors of charisma. So your tempo and your tone and how do you actually like take note of that? Like I hate that I talk really fast a lot of times. When I listen to it, I'm like, oh, that's a big leak in my game. If I just had better pacing, I would be much more interesting to listen to. As you just changed right now. Yeah, you're doing it now. Yeah, now because I'm aware of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But like I saw this video of the guy who was the wolf of Wall Street, like the the real wolf, Uh you know, not Leonardo DiCaprio. And he has these YouTube videos about sales. And I've watched a ton of this guy's videos because he's actually really good at sales. And, you know, that's how he became the wolf. And he talks about like the three tones that you can use when you're like asking a question. And he says like talking is very much like singing. I can be like, you know, if I want to engender trust, I can get real slow and I can I can take it down, right? Like that's basically saying I'm coming to you with with the with the goods. I can go up and that can, you know, like and so you realize, wow, I I don't consciously do any of these things. But if I did, maybe I would be able to be a better communicator. And so anyways, I think between storytelling, tone, body language, all these pieces can be taught and refined and um what I'd like to do actually is like put together the resources to do that now that I say it out loud because the way I've learned this has been so sporadic. That I've hunted so for these helpful. videos. Yeah. And like, yeah, if I just put a put together a playlist that's like, hey, here's what I think are the best ones, mm-hmm. uh, I think that might help a lot of people. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. please do, Sean. Yeah, I would watch for sure. <laughs> and I also have some notes about the skill stacking in the book you mentioned, Sean, but I still have the note. <laughs> By the way, your notes are like, do you always write in a rainbow shape like a serial killer or what? <laughs> uh, it, it's because I already had the I Love Cortland, so I have to work around it, you know? <laughs> All right, you can find our guests' social accounts in the show notes for this episode. Today we had Alexandra Botez, that's B-O-T-E-Z, and Sean Purry, that's S-H-A-A-N-P-U-R-I.